Welcome to How We Win. All over this country, people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to make a difference right now. The best antidote to anxiety is action. There are six days. (laughs) Oh my God, less than a week until the most important election of our lives. Together, we will win. Today, it's our last episode before the election, so we're going to keep it in the family with Nisha Blandin, Swing Left's head of political strategy. We're going to talk about the state of the race, what we can still do to win, what we all need to do, and how we can support efforts to protect the integrity of the election as well. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And and this this is How We Win. Next week, do you think we're going to say, and this is how we won? Oh my gosh, that would be so good. (laughs) I don't know if we'll, I don't know, I don't, I think it's unlikely we'll know the results next week. And quick programming note, we are going to push the show a day so that we um, both can spend all day on Tuesday calling voters and then actually maybe have some more information to talk about. So we'll air the podcast on next Thursday instead of next Wednesday. But okay. if we do know that, then yes, we will change the copy at the beginning. <laughs> and this is how we went. Oh man, I'm going to rage so hard. It's going to be so loud and so sloppy. <laughs> F yes, sister. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, but we're not there yet. No, foot on the gas. We are not there yet. There's some encouraging signs, and there's also still some tight races. We know the work that Trump and the GOP is doing to try to denigrate the election and suppress the vote and call into question all of the vote-by-mail ballots. It's absolutely despicable and awful. We know what they're doing. The remedy is a blowout. The remedy is a massive blue tsunami that we're, we've been trying to build for all this time. So. Even if it's looking good and close, we need it to look good and undeniable. Right. And you you know what's so confusing for me, and then I I keep having to give myself a reality check. What's so confusing to me is it feels almost like the Republicans are trying not to win in some ways. Like Mm -hmm. I know they want to win, but okay, most Americans think that we should wait before confirming a Supreme Court justice this close to an election, they confirm a Supreme Court justice right like less than a, like a week before an election, which is can, okay. Well, I mean, we I know why, but you know, the will of the people seems to be like eh, whatever. Um, and then the Senate goes on recess through the election without passing another coronavirus relief package. While so many people are unemployed, still lining up to get food at food banks, still suffering from the coronavirus and the economic fallout from it, they just like, like they just leave Washington. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned food banks. They're, They're actively trying to stop food stamp programs right now during the pandemic. It's... It doesn't make any sense. I mean, we talked about this last week with Michael Moore. It's almost like there's someone on the inside trying to tell them all the things to do to actually lose and and pawn it off as a good idea. But Do you you think it's Mark Meadows? (laughs) Who seems strangely committed to telling the truth. This is uh, Trump's chief of staff who just comes out and says stuff and everyone's like, what? 
Yeah, if you heard him on Sunday's show saying um, we can't control the coronavirus, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Best we can hope for is not too many people die. Literally, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. That's basically what he said. Uh, but I mean, you talked about the Senate. Oh, we, I I can't wait to get Trump out of there. I can't wait to get the gavel out of Mitch McConnell's hand. Mitch McConnell paved the way for Trump to become president. Uh, If it were not for Mitch McConnell, I don't believe we would have a Trump presidency. And his just blatant uh, subjugation of the will of the people and of any kind of ethical sense of morality is just jaw-dropping. And he said to his colleagues from the Senate floor yesterday as he was confirming uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who is now um, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, that the administrations may change, and um, and they may, you know, kind of conceding that they'll probably lose power in this next election, mm-hmm. but that the work they've done here with the Supreme Court will um, last a long, long time. And it was just so disgusting. It really, I was really depressed, as I'm sure many of our listeners were. I just wanted to crawl inside my bed with the pizza and and go to sleep for a week or so, but got work to do. So I, I did eat the pizza, but I, I didn't stay in bed with it. You know, that sounds like paradise, like eating pizza <laughs> and staying in bed, but we're not there yet. <laughs> um, but so, so this is an important reminder, Steve, that we all have three things that we need to be doing this week. Okay. Right. One, if we haven't voted yet, we got to vote if we're eligible. Two, everyone should have a plan to volunteer uh, between now and election and, and and when polls close on election day. And the third thing that we have to do is make a plan for what we do afterwards. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about protecting the results of the election, but even beyond that, like I know this has been exhausting. Our work is not over no matter what happens in the weeks after November 3rd. Um, we have to have a plan of civic engagement that continues for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's been one of the things that has really excited me is, uh, you know, I jumped into this really like defeat Trump. Like Trump was elected, got to um, got to stand up and do something about this. This is not the direction our country needs to go in, but found this wealth of ways to make a difference, this great community. And I want everyone who is jumping in and volunteering for the first time. There's a lot of them because I'm doing tons of trainings right now. And we're doing a lot of phone banks with hundreds of people who have never phone banked before. It's really exciting. Catch that volunteer buzz and let's stay engaged, stay fighting, stay building our democracy, building the country that we want to see, fighting for racial justice, for social justice, fighting for the environment, fighting for our children. That doesn't stop with this election. We need to keep keep going and, and use the the power that we've built, the groups that we have built, and the mm, collective the relationships yeah. we have. Yeah. What are you going to fight for? What are you going to run for? Who are you going to mobilize? Those are the those are the big questions that we answer next. And I'm what? not saying you don't get a nap. Yeah, for yeah. A little you can bit. have a, you, can, you, can, you can take a nap. But then remember that even when Trump's out, 
the court he's he's remade the courts in his image and and rolled back so many other things that we have to repair um we have to we have to we have to freaking uh, reunite kids with their families i mean who would it, that's leg, literally what what the aclu is working on right now when they're not you know doing voter protection stuff i mean they're doing it simultaneously but literally tracking down families that kids were separated from by this administration yeah so. i'm reminded of the last debate where trump was asked about that and he said they're actually uh, quite the kids are are comfortable they're well taken care of we got and and also you know a reminder this this took a depressing turn this is it this is the last week like let's <laughs> fight on we got dark but I, I will say also that i'm i'm keenly aware of i think everyone else is that um even if we are able to win uh in a week in less than a week we still have lame duck session for months that we need to be aware of and fighting against and and making our voices heard keeping all of the electeds and the republicans whoever we can accountable for what trump tries to do in the remaining months of his presidency so yeah the fight will continue we should also come up with interesting ways to troll him like the <laughs> Like the kids did with the TikTok and the buying up the tickets. <laughs> it's just like, oh, let's all buy in those inflatable Trump baby balloons and fly them in front of the White House or, or something, and yeah. then like have a big old inauguration and just the the final middle finger is like a giant Biden. Harris inauguration that blows his out of the water. Yeah, that's gonna be tricky though, because we still have the coronavirus. Yeah. You guys, even my trolling game is weak. No, it's good. It's believe me, it's the first thing I thought of. In fact, you know, my family's in D.C. and I and I was planning on like, okay, I just got to get to D.C. for inauguration again. This is I'm like knock on wood. Uh, I, I know people are hearing us say these words right now. They're like, don't say that. We've still got six days to go. And we do. So, um, Let me anything... have my fantasies, people. <laughs> but we can have our fantasies. And I was thinking about inauguration. But um, certainly um, Biden has been uh, a lot more considerate about people's health than yeah. Trump has with his super spreader rallies during a time when we are peaking with the coronavirus cases. Uh, so... I think, I think we'll probably not get a chance to have a huge. You're you're right. And you know what I've been thinking about. You know, everybody's been saying, "Oh, 2020 is such a, you know, a dumpster fire." I've been saying, "Okay, we can just get if we could just get through the end of this year, we start 2021 fresh." Uh, we won't, but you know, a girl it can dream. It most certain twenty twenty one will most certainly be uh, a better year. Let's dream. Let's let's put a vision for twenty twenty one out there right now. Ooh, I like and that. and then uh, let's all spend the next six days working to make that vision a reality. So January twentieth is inauguration day, and we inaugurate Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as president and vice president of the United States. And we swear in a Democrat-controlled Senate uh, 
So then we open up all the legislation, starting with um, some responsible federal response to the coronavirus. At some point in 2021, uh, we actually will see a vaccine for the coronavirus, and we'll have uh, competent leadership to distribute that in a meaningful way. We will have all of the great legislation like H.R. 1, the very first bill that our midterm elected Democratic-controlled Congress passed for election reform. Uh, We'll be able to pass some uh, stimulus for people who have been struggling and working and need help. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll protect our health care. We'll roll back with a stroke of the pen, really. Biden can roll back so many of these executive orders that Trump has written. We can do a lot just in the first few months. Let's visualize that right now. What do you want? What do you see for 2021? And now let's everybody make sure we spend the next six days doing everything we can in our power to make that a reality. Listen, that was a great reason for hope. That that scenario right there, that's my reason for hope this week. That is. That's that's Thank you, and Steve. um We've already seen more than 66 million Americans exercise their right to vote in this election. Unbelievable. It's going to be the biggest turnout that we've seen in a century. It's pretty incredible. A lot of the the record numbers that we're seeing in some counties in Texas, Texas of all places, more people have turned out so far to early vote, and we're not even there yet, than turned out in all of the 2016 election. So people are fired up and I think that they are fired up in in our direction. And uh, keep an eye on Texas this year. This is we're on the verge of something really huge there. It's exciting. It's exciting to see uh Kamala Harris go to Texas right now at this stage in the election. That's very telling. Yeah, that's that's my reason for hope too is the work that everyone's doing. All all of all of you all, all of the volunteers, these phone banks we've been running have just been ridiculous. On Sunday we had 1700 people making calls. Speaking of Texas, we helped Texas make a million calls on Sunday. On one just day. One day. One million calls. That wasn't just us, that was other groups and the campaign and stuff, but um, that's the, amazing. People are stepping up, like I said, who have never phone banked before. And it is just inspiring me and giving me so much hope. This is how we win. This is what we talk about on the podcast. This has been the whole thing. Like we win when we all get involved, mm. when we do more than just vote, but when we step up and become an active citizen in our democracy, when we define the, the direction our country is going that's how we win. And that's what people are doing right now. And uh, it fills me with hope. And I'm so proud of, of all the work everyone's done. Great job, everybody. Uh, less than a week. Keep it up. We got this. We want to we wanna make our, our everything that we've been envisioning a reality. And we're so close to doing it. What should people be planning to do with these last few days? Do you think trainer extraordinaire? <laughs> Well, you mentioned it. You gave you gave them the one, two, three. So uh, I'll just say some specific links. Um, first of all, vote. 
go vote. Iwillvote.com has all of the information you need about voting in your state, where you can early vote and any requirements and stuff. Vote early. Vote. Iwillvote.com. And then the second thing you said was volunteer. So go to swingleft.org slash phone bank. Sign up for a phone banking shift. Maybe you don't like making calls, uh, but I think you really want to see that vision that we articulated happen for 2021 and on. So uh, step out of your comfort zone, make some calls. They're, they really are impactful. Mm-hmm. And, and your number three thing was to stay vigilant after this. I think that starts with signing up. Uh, go to the website protecttheresults.com. There's going to be events on November 4th around this, so sign up so you get alerts and find out where events are in your area. We're going to talk a little bit more with Nisha uh, about this too, um, but sign up at protecttheresults.com. So if people are wondering with the you know the limited amount of time we have, where the most strategic and impactful place to put their volunteer time and energy We've got answers for that in this interview that we have coming up. Nisha is great. She's our head of political strategy. So she's behind the strategy that allows you to just sign up and go to where you're going to make the biggest impact. So excited for everyone to hear from her. Nisha Blandin is the head of political strategy at Swing Left. She is a veteran of the Hillary Clinton campaigns and who served as National Deputy Women's Vote Director as well as Deputy Director of African American Outreach. And she's Swing Left family. So Nisha, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Sure. How did you get your start in politics? What's your what's your story? My origin story. Yeah. Um, I actually accidentally um, got involved in politics um, when I come to think of it. Hmm. Um, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, um, but the college I went to did not have pre-law as a major. So I took the next best thing, political science. Um, and I met this professor who was teaching all of these campaign-focused classes So I took one of her classes, kind of fell in love with it, and decided to take all of my fee electives with these kind of like campaign strategy classes. And she kind of had a heart to heart with me when I was trying to figure out if I should go to law school. And she basically advised me against it and told me I should just hop on a campaign. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on campaigns kind of ever since. So I am reformed from wanting to be a lawyer, and now I'm just like a campaign person for life. What was that first campaign? Oh, my goodness. I was an intern um, on Congressman Donald Payne Sr.'s re-election campaign in 2004. He was running unopposed, so there was really nothing to do. Um, So I just kind of sat in an empty campaign office and called, like, you know, elderly voters and made sure that they had a ride to the polls. So it was pretty kind of um, boring, but I still liked it. So you spent a few years working with different campaigns and on grassroots fundraising, and then with the campaign to get Hillary Clinton elected. I can't imagine the anxiety that you're, you're feeling now four years later. I think that so many of us are thinking back to what we were doing and where our minds were four years ago. Um, How were you feeling at that time? And how is it different from how you're feeling today? 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think four years ago, it's hard to imagine it's been four years. Um, This time four years ago, I was kind of hopping from state to state. So I didn't really have a ton of time to think, which is kind of good (laughs) in retrospect. (laughs) I was um, manning, like overseeing the Mothers of the Movement surrogate Mm -hmm. program. So we were, you know, in Ohio and Florida and North Carolina, Um, And then, you know, on election night, I was also really kind of consumed with staffing them and the VIP and running them back and forth for interviews. Um, So that kind of kept me pretty busy. I would say the difference, though, is I was very hopeful this time four years ago, whereas now I am very kind of... I question everything. I question all the polls. I question all the pundits. I've kind of learned my lesson from 2016. So I'm a little bit skeptical, but still doing all of the hard work. But I'm keeping kind of like one eye open just in case. Can you remind uh, us what Mothers of the Movement was and, and talk a little bit about what they were doing to support Clinton's campaign? Absolutely. So the mothers of the movement were the mothers of children who were either killed as a result of gun violence or through police violence. Um, So they were some of the top surrogates for Hillary Clinton um, during her campaign in 2016. I think they were the top surrogates behind like the Obamas and, you know, the candidate and her family themselves. So they were really instrumental in a lot of our voter outreach and engagement across the country, especially um, in our battleground states. Um, So these were women like Sabrina Fulton, um, our now Congresswoman Lucy McBath. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was about five of them that we would kind of travel the country with. And they were awesome surrogates doing everything from town halls to canvas kickoffs, phone bank kickoffs and all that stuff. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, so we're being clear-eyed now. We're <laughs> we're not taking anything <laughs> for granted. Um, yeah. We're we're using the polls as guides, but not you know not right. taking our foot off the gas. We know it's swing left, and and Mariah and I talk about this all the time that we have our strategic phone banks for people to jump into, and and as we get closer this next weekend, they're going to change just about hourly with our priorities. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you and the political team decide about those priorities and and what goes into those uh, decisions? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the great thing about the political team at Swing Left is that we really kind of plug in directly with the campaigns and try to keep kind of constant contact with Mm -hmm. them. And going into this last week before the election, and then, of course, going into like this huge GOTV weekend, we were really intentional in kind of having conversations with the campaigns to kind of figure out what their GOTV plans are, what their anticipated needs are, just being hyper aware that we are going to have an influx of volunteer energy and activity 
over the coming days. I mean, we wanted to make sure that we were funneling that en- energy into the most strategic and the highest impact ways possible. Right. So it's really kind of looking at the landscape, um, all of the races that we are supporting and kind of seeing where the largest need is, um, where we can have the biggest impact, where is the kind of polling showing that things are a little bit tighter, where we need to make some of those additional phone calls or like funnel additional volunteer energy and really kind of worked with the campaigns to kind of lay out what their GOTV plans are and their needs are alongside with what we anticipate our volunteer energy to be. So make sure that that lines up. That's great. Um, I know that it's hard to say and things will will change um, as we get closer, but can you tell us which states need the most volunteer people power right now? Oh my, Um, (laughs) good question. I mean, I think it's a lot of the states that a lot of folks kind of talk about, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone talks about Florida and Pennsylvania, um, which are kind of unending kind of places for us to funnel Mm. um, energy. And we're definitely going to be, you know, looking at places such as Iowa, um, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan definitely is a state where we are going to be kind of doing phone banks and funneling energy um, and volunteer capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, I would say definitely Michigan, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the, you know, always Florida, um, <laughs> kind of some of the states that we're looking at. Yeah. Florida's here. Here again comes Florida's outsized uh, importance in this election. But um, for so many way, reasons, it's it's important. And if we can win Florida, then that will really put the kibosh on Trump's what what do they call it? Crimson haze strategy of trying to say that he won on election day while the ballots trickle in afterwards. So. So, yeah. Yay. What's up to Florida again? Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> um well, speaking of that, actually, that's that was an uh, unnatural but effective segue into my next question. <laughs> this uh, the strategy that the GOP and Trump is clearly doing, trying to denigrate vote by mail, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we almost certainly won't have a, a call on election night. Mm-hmm. Um, at least we're not expecting that or planning for that. Uh, can you talk about some of the? Other organizations that we should be supporting after November 3rd, um, looking all the way to November 4th now, um, (laughs) can you talk about plans for post-election to help fight against the delegitimization of the election? Absolutely, yeah. November 4th seems so far away, but yet November <laughs> right. 3rd seems right around the corner. Way into the future. <laughs> um, yeah, there are actually some awesome organizations that are doing a lot of good work. So a couple of those are such as Protect the Results. Um, so that is a coalition of various progressive groups that are really working to make sure that Coming out of November 3rd, whatever situation we find ourselves in, they're ready and able to mobilize really quickly to make sure that we are protecting the results of the election, Mm -hmm. that we are ensuring every vote is counted. And that will be through a lot of kind of 
mobilizations across the country and encouraging folks to gather and protest locally. And that's one kind of coalition of orgs that's doing a lot of really good work in that space. Mm -hmm. And then we have Save the Vote, which is another coalition that we at Swing Left are partners with, um, and it's headed by and Citizens United, and it's really primarily focused on a lot of voter protection work prior to election day, but really getting that message out. So doing a lot of messaging around the disinformation that the Trump campaign and the GOP is putting out there about mail-in voting and you know absentee ballots. So they're doing a lot of the front end work to kind of hopefully prevent any kind of mayhem that may happen. Um, But Protect the Results is really doing a lot of the organizing post-election day. And then, of course, we have folks like Democracy Docket that are doing a lot of the legal heavy lifting, bringing, you know, a lot of cases. Um, Mark Elias at Perkins Curry is really heading up that work. And they'll also kind of be monitoring coming out of election night, where there are potentially some contested elections, where we may have to kind of go in and do recounts Mm. and things like that. So those are kind of a few, a small handful of the coalitions that are really out there kind of putting in place the foundation and infrastructure to mobilize really quickly in the aftermath of election night. But, you know, we are really stressing that folks get out and vote, that they vote early um, as much as possible and then volunteer to make sure that their friends and family turn out to vote as well. Our goal is to have, you know, landslide victories um, and make sure that there's no way that folks can question the results. So still pushing that angle as well. Yeah, that's when you were reading all, all that stuff, which is important. And I think people should sign up for Protect the Vote and, and be aware mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, the whole time I'm just like, I okay, I've got to finish up this podcast and get on the phones. Like, you know, we get we need to make this a blowout. We need yeah. to make sure that Democracy Docket doesn't have a whole lot of work to do on you know, come, exactly. come election day. So do you have any final last minute calls to action or, or words of encouragement for people who are are listening and hopefully planning to volunteer before election day? Um, yeah, absolutely. Of course, sign up to volunteer with Swing Left um, at the last weekends. This is our last, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we need as many people as possible, making as many calls as possible to reach, you know, as many voters as we potentially can. But also, you know, what I would, my piece of advice would be to leave it all on the field. Um, You don't want to look back on November 4th and think I could have volunteered for an extra hour or I could have made some more phone calls or I could have gotten my friends together to do more. We want to make sure we have no regrets and we want to do as much as we can. But I would also say, you know, ignore the polls and vote like your life depends on it. I think we've kind of seen that even just the past week um, with everything that has been happening with, you know, Republicans in the Senate. Um, So I would say vote as if your life depends on it. And we don't want to have any regrets. So make sure you sign up to volunteer with Swing Left at thelastweekends.org. And at least bring a friend with you. Volunteering is so much more fun when you have friends to do it with. Um, So I always say don't do it alone. 
That's great advice. Great advice. Yeah, absolutely. One last question for you that we we lay on everybody, and it's no different here um, coming into the most important election of our lives. But you have a great perspective having worked on, you know, the last presidential campaign for a long time as well. So, and it's been it's been a heck of a four years. Um, yeah. And twenty twenty has been a thing. So, keeping all of that in mind. What gives mm-hmm. you the most hope for our future? Oh my goodness! I think what gives me the most hope is seeing all the grassroots energy out there. You know, I think in twenty twenty, I mean twenty sixteen, when I was on Hillary's campaign, and before that, when I was at Ready for Hillary, when we were really trying to like mobilize grassroots supporters to encourage Hillary Clinton to run, seeing how far we've come in the four years and organizations such as Swing Left that are doing such important work and all of the folks that are out there, you know, whether being really active as activists or with other orgs and phone banking or really letting their voices be heard. I think that gives me the most hope to see so many folks engaged, but not just engaged, but taking the next step and actually doing something about it. Um, so I can only imagine where we'll be four years from now, but I'm hoping four years from now we will be reelecting Biden or possibly, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris. Yeah. Nisha, thank you so much. I'm so glad you got to be here for our last podcast before yes. the election. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hopefully, you know, after this, I can come back with great news that we won all the things. Let's do that. Yeah, let's let's it. have you come back and do the debrief uh, celebration yep. episode. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And keep doing great work. Thank you so much for joining us and for stepping up to take action six days This is truly how we win. We win when we all get involved. Let's leave it all on the field. Don't stop. Sign up for a phone bank. Make sure you've done everything you could with these next six days. What do you want? What are you willing to do to get it? A quick programming note. We are going to be releasing our show next Thursday. So we all have some time to digest the results or figure out how we're going to vamp in case there are no results, (laughs) I suppose. Right. We do want to hear from you. Share your volunteer stories, um, conversations you had with voters, phone banking. Tweet to us at BluesBoySteve and at Mariah underscore Craven, or shoot us an email at podcast at swingleft.org. If you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Share on social media and use the hashtag HowWeWin2020 and First and foremost, sign up to volunteer at swingleft.org slash phone bank. That's right. We appreciate all of you so, so much for being here, for all the work that you're doing. Uh, We'll be back, as Mariah said, next Thursday. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.